Hey y'all, it's Tarkeisha. Welcome to the Think Yourself Crazy Podcast, a podcast about all things overthinking. Here, we'll share information about overthinking, we'll share tips to stop overthinking, we will even discuss tips that will help you tame your thoughts. But most of all, I'm excited about getting you involved. Yep, you get to be a part of the podcast with me by sharing your overthinking stories and questions. It's quite simple. All you have to do is click the link to the jot form in the show description, and it's a few one-two steps to get your story and our question submitted. Often, you will hear me remind you that you too are worth best case scenario. So, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Well, hi there. Happy Tuesday. I bet y'all did not think I was coming back this week, huh? I almost didn't. I will not lie to you. I almost said, you know what? I need a couple more days, but I was able to pull things together. And here we are. How's your Tuesday going? What do you think about uh, last week's episode? Did you guys listen? Have y'all been keeping up with old budget where we're effing overthinking this year? If you have not, make sure you go back to the first, uh, what we dealt with, F-U-D, the last three episodes, check it out. I'm t- Listen, I have somebody here today, uh, so yep, we have guests today, we'll talk, you know, we don't get in bed without getting to know somebody, so we'll have a minute to meet them. All right, I'm going to stop saying get in bed. You don't let nobody in your house, because I don't want y'all to be like, dang, Tarkeisha, you be... We don't let nobody in your door without getting to know them. You know, you don't let anybody in your car, unless you're Uber, without getting to know them, you know. So I'm going to give y'all a minute to meet them. But she was saying how great last week's um, episode was. And so check it out. Y'all know I'm not going to go back over all that. But we dealt with some heavy D's last week. And so you you would do yourself a disservice if you don't check it out. So I haven't had much going on in my life, um, you know, because we were just we were just together a little less than a week ago because I was you no know, a week ago because I was late. Um, so I don't have too much. I mean, I'm trying to dig. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything that I want to update y'all on this. Uh, I'll do that when we don't have guests, so nobody's looking at me directly judging me. I'll do it when we don't have guests. Okay. Um, but today we have a really good episode. We are dealing with the G in overthinking. I mean, I'm sorry, the G in old fudget. So when we're effing overthinking, we have identified some G's. I posted those G's on the Instagram. If you are not following me, who are you following? You know, go follow and think yourself crazy. I know I'm not posting out of control, but when things do come, they are meaningful. When I share a little reel or a story or something, they are things that are meaningful there. And so I want you to be able to check it out and stay in communication with us. So follow us on Instagram at Think Yourself Crazy. So I told you guys that I have some guests today and I'm really excited because they almost immediately uh, accepted the call. Um, One, she did immediately and then she's sitting here (laughs) shaking like a stripper. And I'm like, girl, what's going on with you? She nervous. Girl, get out of here. You do this all the time. And 
This other one, I just didn't even think she had nerves in her to be nervous. But, I mean, I guess it's interesting. People feel like they're put on the spot. And I guess, like me, we want to be able to offer you good things. We want to offer you information that makes sense and that sound, not just on here doing gibberish things. Because we can have episodes where I just talk foolishness and crazy, but how would that help y'all? It'll give you a good laugh. It'll let me practice some of my comedic skills, but it won't be very meaningful and helpful. But these two ladies, I have known for a long time now. Um, both, I want to say, at the beginning of their journeys to become LPCs. So y'all know all my friends are counselors and all my counselors are friends. No, I don't think I meant that right. But all my friends, many of my friends are... Y'all, I'm really trying to make them comfortable because I don't want... Wait a minute. Y'all want wine? Would that make y'all comfortable? Because when y'all introducing yourselves, I'll get the bottles of wine. You know, that may eat all y'all want Xanax. Because I got that too. <laughs> Nobody's going to say anything so y'all cannot confirm or deny what, what they're partaking in over here. But um, I was with them both at the beginning of their uh, journey to become LPCs, work with them in different capacities, and they are both now thriving LPCs, doing things in leadership, helping us out. And so today they're going to help us deal with the G of um, old fudget. But before we do, I want to give them an opportunity and hopefully they do not you know, stare each other down for who's going to introduce who. So, we'll get... Well, that's been decided. So, my first guest... I'm Dr. Donald Johnson. I'm an LPCS. I've been in the mental health field for over nine years. I have a private practice called Gracefully Purpose Counseling. And I love what I do. And I'm looking forward to talking to you about these G's and old fudget. Okay, well... Hey, Donna. I'm Brittany Robinson-Saylor. Um, I'm an LPC. I've been in counseling since 2014, and I have just been enjoying the ride. I do many different things, so I'll not bore you with that. But yeah, um, I'm here because I love Tarkeisha. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate that. A lot of people, they just tell me, yeah, because it's like, it's you, it's you. But I'm glad that you guys told me, yeah, because I really think that we all have a nice perspective to um, offer to the conversation that we're having today. And I really should have tissue on this table because I feel like some of the things that we're going to talk about, they have the potential of going deep. And I think we have very strong people around the table, but also people who are comfortable in their vulnerability as well as, you know, ready to share only so that we can help you. So if we pause for a minute, guys, we'll be right back. We're just cleaning our faces and getting it together because we want to be clear in what we share. Um, so let's let's get to it. I will not tarry and, and hold you guys long because I know um, we got things to do on a Tuesday. We have things to do. So this week we are dealing with the G in overthinking. And if you saw our poll, um, it asks what which of these G's causes you to overthink: guilt, grief, giants, 
my sis, all of them. Mark me down for every single one. And you guys know that um, I'm usually in all of the above. And I think that's how, well, I come up with my letters because I think about things that I overthink about, you know. And so if sometimes I lean more like when we talked about fear, fear failure, um, finances and feelings, I lean more into finances and feelings, but there are some things relative to fear and failure that cause me to overthink, but not as deeply as, you know, the other two. So it's because I've encountered something in my life. And so a lot of weeks I'm like, yeah, I'm an all of the above girl. Like all of these relate to me. I'm ready for the week. Where I'm like, girl, none of them related to me. I had to search and search and search, you know, to, um, to get, to get, you know, letters that are appropriate, but you know, the truth is an overthinker literally will make themselves overthink. Even if you're good in an area, you will find a reason, which is something I think that the both of you, even though we're not dealing with an eye in overthinking, but I feel like the both of you encountered it when I asked, hey, will you come and sit with me? I mean, literally, it's just like talking. I'm going to stop doing it right here. When I podcast, I podcast in the den. Mm. I used to do it at my desk because I used to use a mic. I don't need a mic, you know. Mm -hmm. Last time when I'm on that mic, I'm like, oh, Lord, it's too loud. They don't, they can turn the volume all the way down mm -hmm. and talk to me or hear me talk. But I'm comfortable back there. Mm -hmm. So I, I lay back. And so maybe if we weren't sitting up, you know, we would not feel, you know, so nervous. But the I that I was going to say is imposter syndrome. Sometimes mm -hmm. we feel like, I don't know if I have anything to offer yeah. when in fact, we do it four to six days a week yeah. when we're working with clients. All I'm asking you know, you guys to do, especially in your position because you guys deal with this, like pretend like we're providing therapy to everybody in the world, to the billions of people that will listen to this <laughs> podcast. You know, we're just giving them a little mm -hmm. bit of insight. And at the end of the day, we don't even have to. We got to summarize with them. We ain't even got to hear their feedback. We just or offer notes. them. Uh -huh. yeah. Or do or Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, isn't that the second part? Yeah. That's the worst. I'm transitioning from insurance, which is an I that makes me overthink. <laughs> um, And I think not only am I glad about not dealing with insurance, but I'm so glad because them notes about to be easy peasy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those notes, clients showed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Client was mad, but they were here. <laughs> My notes will be a little bit more inclusive of what happened, but they are not like I stress, not stress doing those, but I'm like, did I put enough? Like, let me make That's sure I you have so many things you have to meet that you're mm -hmm. checking instead of focusing on the client. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, the therapists, other therapists out there, you can relate. I'm pretty sure, like, notes are thrown to my side. Mm -hmm. Notes and insurance hate them, yeah. When yeah. it comes I to therapy, insurance. I love to do therapy, but I hate insurance. I hate yeah. notes. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna follow your lead on that 2025. Yes, come on, come on. And I mean, it's a transition that we can talk about offline. And... This week, I was like, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Keep insurance. But I'm not. And it, it is a long time coming. And I've seen people that build practices. And while we're talking about it, you know, I've seen people that build successful practices. Because last night, I was at an event. 
And a girl, she was asking me, like, how my practice is going. And I said, oh, it's good. You know, things are good. I said, today actually was my last day accepting insurance. So I'm going into a transitional phase. And I have had some clients that have either discontinued, um, reduced their frequency in mm-hmm. meeting. You know, the plan is to reduce their frequency in meeting. And so, of course, that affects me. And so... She's like, well, why don't you get somebody? And I've had somebody who did my insurance stuff before, but she quit. And I just don't want to sit on the phone calling insurance. I don't want to be paid less than I'm worth. Right. Okay. And I'm going to repeat that because I no longer feel bad about that because this is how Mm -hmm. I make a living. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to be paid less than I'm worth by Medicaid. Right. It is an insult what Medicaid reimburses you, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, um, she was just like, well, you should get somebody to do that. I'm like, been there, done that, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't mind paying somebody to do it, but I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But then she was like, coming up with all reasons. She, she does insurance for her company. I don't know if she was trying to sell herself to me. She could have just said that. And I could have been like, well, maybe I'll think about it. Right. Let's see whenever. how it works. Right. But then I told her, but it opens up opportunities for me to do it. Other things like I am Pushing my POPCs in, mm. you know, early in the morning or late in the evening because I'm filled with clients. Like, I'm yeah. seeing six clients a day. And, baby, when I'm on break, I don't want to do supervision. I'm coming over here and taking a nap, yes. you know. And so, I was like, it opens up reasonable time in business hours to do supervision. It opened up time for me to do. There have been so many people since I've transitioned to private practice that have reached out and asked me, hey, can you come out and make this presentation? Mm-hmm. But I don't have time in my day, and they need me during business hours. Right. Because I ain't working too late either, you right. know? And so it opens up the opportunity for me to do it. So when I saw my schedule, I was like, oh, somebody wanted looking for a model for makeup. I saw my schedule next week. I said, ah, I'm available. Yeah. Less yeah. people, you know? So it is, if there are, I, I might have to spend a night with people sometimes because I don't have lights over here, but I mean, it's okay. It, it's okay. It's going to come back. It's going to, and I, I wanted to do some contract work. Um, I don't love mental health rehab, but I'm good at it. You know, I have a lot of uh, experience, experience there yeah. and so I can do some contract work. But I don't know how we got there. Um, but anyway, I think because we keep adding letters, oh, we're going to old fudging. Old fudging, though. But speaking to that these ladies have experienced, um, Donna has been doing it for a long time. And then Brittany, I have directly supervised her. So I know, you know, the skill level. So Say that to say, ladies, you guys are going to have, you ladies will have a lot to offer today. I'm sure our listeners will be able to pick out many things that they'll be able to apply. And I'm going to be able to pick out many things because if you guys listen, you know when I have guests, I learn things for myself. (laughs) Then I go and I, I implement because I don't have all the answers, you know, to offer my listeners, which is why I like to bring guests in. But I also don't have all the answers for my life. So I'm always looking, especially while I'm, you know, in between therapists. So let's deal with the G. So I like to give, I mean, the first G. I like to give a working definition and then we'll have a conversation about the the G. So the first G that we're dealing with is guilt. And that is the fact of having 
committed a specified or implied offense, right? So that's not the guilt that we're going to deal with, though. So that's guilt like my dad was guilty of a crime. Mm -hmm. You know, this person is guilty of a crime. But I want to deal with the feeling responsible or regretful for a perceived offense, real or imaginary. Mm-hmm. Unicorns, remember? Um, and it's going to lean into our other G. It can be a, a grief reaction. So get the guilt that we're dealing with today is the feeling responsible or regretful for a perceived offense real or imaginary and it can be part of the grief reaction so when we think about guilt it's something that oh i feel bad for you know we don't have to be all deep and technical and give like these you know very profound definitions but i feel bad about something and now i'm thinking about it i Mm -hmm. mistreated someone Mm -hmm. and now i'm thinking about it i made a bad decision and now i'm thinking about it I think about times that that I have, okay, I always say this. So when people mess, I'm a really, I hate to say this. And Brittany, <laughs> you'll relate to why you may catch it the time I said, I'm a really good person. Mm-hmm. You know where that comes from? Where is that from? Married at first sight. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I say it, what was her name? Alyssa? Alyssa. Yes. When I say it, I think of Alyssa because now it sounds like the worst thing to say in the uh-huh. world. But it's the truth. I am a re- I'm genuine, mm-hmm. you know, at heart. I'm yeah. a good person to people, right? Right. But when people mess over me, mm-hmm. I'm not so good. Mm-hmm. Now, it may take a time or two before they get to get the bad part of me. Right, and I'm working on that, but I'm not gonna be. I'm, I'm, I real life will cut people off. You mess me over, that's it. No conversation, it depends. Ooh. So, stepping on my toes, it depends. <laughs> that's how I be in church, like <laughs> stay on my business. <laughs> it depends on what a person has done to me, right? If I feel like, oh, there's no conversation needed, or I feel like, well, maybe we can talk about. Also depends on the person. Am I going to have a successful conversation with you? Okay. You know, because I am learning that there has been many situations. I have literally engaged in a conversation to let you get your thought out, but to make sure you hear me. Mm -hmm. I don't really care about what you said, especially when I've Mm -hmm. been offended. Right. I'm not too invested in what you have to say, but I want you to understand me. Mm -hmm. Right. So... It depends on the situation. Now, I will say this. I am not a one-time, you do me something one time and I'm going to cut you off. You have to do me something a few times. I literally was having a conversation with a client this week that we're there are people we can cut off. Like, mm-hmm. right? You've done me bad and then you, I'm, I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Literally, we can be, you do me bad, Donna. We can be at an event. You can come and there's a group of us. And I'll be like, hey, Brittany. Hey, Sunshine. Hey, Keisha. And Donna's standing right there. Because mm-hmm. I want Donna to know that my hey, y'all, was not to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm growing up. I'm growing up. Now, I just, I'll wait till Donna move along. Because I don't want to be intentionally nasty either. But I do want people to know, I don't F with you. Mm-hmm. Like that. I got to grow up some more. I ain't I, there yet. I, I, <laughs> I'm I trying to get people, to that place. Though. I ain't yeah, there yet. I want, when you say that, what do you mean? 
I'm trying to get to the place to when people do me wrong, I can do them something wrong back. Yeah. Oh, well, that's what you mean. No, yeah. no. So I don't want to do them anything wrong back all the time. Okay. See, no, so that's another conversation. See, we exact opposites. So I don't want to do them something. I, sometimes I do, but it's not my desire. But because I'm hurt, going back to the F, because yeah. of my feelings, mm-hmm. because I'm hurt, I feel the 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 what's the appropriate word that it's necessary yeah for me to do you something back because in most cases i want you to know how i felt i don't necessarily you know want it to be lingering but i want you to know oh boom i felt i feel like right he should probably felt mm-hmm. so i my thing is i want you to know i'll mess with you no more i don't necessarily want you to do I don't necessarily want to do, do something. You got to get really under my skin to make me really want to do. Something. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not. I don't guess I'm a tit for tat person. I can be, and I have been in the past. Mm. But what? Oh yeah, y'all stepping on my tit. <laughs> oh, today. tell me, tell us more. <laughs> no, because I was thinking that Donna was saying she has to get away from. Getting Being. people back, and I'm like, girl, me too. No, but really, what I she's don't. saying, you get them back. Uh huh. Oh, I know. But see, that's where, like you said, I know we're not on the F's, but it goes back to the feelings because uh-huh. I'm a person. People can say what they want. I laugh, I clown, I do everything under the sun. But when I ride for somebody, I really ride yeah. for somebody. Yeah. So when I feel like you mess over me, I know you know she did. Uh-huh. Now, if it's maybe a child, that don't count. An old person, you gonna get a pass. But maybe no, I know you. Okay, real old people, not the ones that's like fake old, that's like late (laughs) fifties, because they know what they be doing. But real old people, I love them. They get Mm -hmm. a pass. But when you intentionally do stuff, or you intentionally don't do stuff, and you don't stand up how you should, I like them fair weather people. Ooh, I I can't get down with that. A recent situation, Brittany was like, "Look, I'm standing on what I told you," and I'm like. Brittany, no. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, I'm telling you. And then Brittany will come with facts, and this is why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and I'm saying, and I can appreciate that about her because she's authentically who she is. It's not like, I'm going to sneak this in on you. I'm not going to, you know, mm-hmm. not to say I've never known her to be sneaky. She's very direct. Um, but I think it's all about how you handle people, mm-hmm. and, that's and that's how that's we what respond. It is. Right. You know, that that's how we respond. And so my whole part of bringing that part up when it relates to guilt is because I have done some intentional things to people, mm-hmm. probably said something, or mistreated them, or, you know, got disrespectful with them. And then I feel guilty about it, and I don't know how to go and rectify or resolve the situation. So now where overthinking plays for me, there is, I'm like, well, how do I go and talk to them? Mm-hmm. What do I say? Are they going to maybe receive me? Or my favorite thing is, how do I come back from this? How do I make them realize that, oh, I said that in a moment of anger? Right. Which, you know, of course, as an adult, because I, I, this ain't in my teens and 20s now. This is <laughs> my 30s. And y'all know I'm in my last year. Of, I'm doing a little better. Last two years, I haven't really had this in the... Um, a big part of my be a big part of my my behaviors, but I would be like talk about. I mean, we have learned some things from our families, mm, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned from my family is how to cut you with my words yeah. and make sure 
that, that it hurts. It hurts mm-hmm. that there's a little blood residue left behind, right? But then sometimes I don't truly mean that for the person. I still have. I I said it because I was hurt. You know, a feeling. Okay. I said it because I was hurt. I said it because in the moment, I want you to feel how I feel. But then I feel bad or guilty for saying things that were so mean, mm-hmm. so low. Like you feel like I'm you might going, have went too far. I, I know I went too far. Okay. Because that was the purpose. I okay. was trying <laughs> to go far. So you can know, don't play. A lot of times my, my message is, don't play with me. And see, that's where I said, I, Lord, I got to turn the corner. And I know I've gotten better, but like, really... The guilt for me, even when you talked about the G's, I'm like, I'm gonna struggle with guilt because I don't feel that very often. You're not there yet. I feel like if I do something and I know I didn't mean it, I'm gonna feel guilty. It might take me a minute, but I'm gonna come mm-hmm. back and say, Look, I did not mean to make you feel like that. I didn't mean to come across like that. But that's very rare for me because mm-hmm. typically I think about what I'm gonna say. So even if you're like, Man, that was low, I intended it to be. Mm-hmm. Now I'm working on that. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. But. If it was low, it was because it was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Because like you said, if you've done something or if you said something that I felt crossed the line and you know you crossed the line, I want you to know what it feels like. Yeah. Because I can't always be the one to say, oh, let me bow down and just make it okay. Even though you say yeah. what you want, you have to know what that is like. Yeah. And you can go to some people and say, look, Turkish, you know, you really hurt my feelings on X, Y, Z. You're like, you know what? Be my bad. Didn't mean to. Some people you go to and then they get defensive. And then it turns to a whole thing. So then yeah. I'm not going to feel guilty no more. Because now I got to go back with you. Yeah, and I'm trying to avoid it. So I'm yeah. just hit it off from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> so and you can be like, oh. And see, I'm opposite. I, my guilt comes in for myself. Like, okay. I feel guilty of putting my feelings aside. Okay. Because I might not say anything yeah. when somebody mm-hmm. do offend me. I try to, I overthink and I try to process it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. Or maybe mm-hmm. they did mean it that way. Or... Maybe, maybe I received it. Right. It's, it's maybe my I interpretation. Or maybe I shouldn't try. Like I said, I'm, I want to work on getting, not necessarily back at that person, but doing something about it. Being able to advocate and, for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being, yeah, yeah. Because that's hard. Yeah. That's and tough. I think sometimes we, 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 I know for me, I monitor who I am. Mm-hmm. I monitor who, how people receive. Now I ain't going to just be, I ain't ever getting on social media. And blasting somebody. Mm-hmm. I thought Lord, about that too. Please Jesus. don't let me do that. <laughs> Ooh, I thought about that. But I now <laughs> let me tell you something. If I had an old Facebook account, uh-huh. you know, when Facebook first came out, I hate to ever say anything relative to my age around Brittany because she don't <laughs> she don't know how to act about my age. As if she not a little bit on my heels. But you still but Facebook. I, I had graduated college by the time Facebook came out, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so my only college students, yeah, I've been out of college a long time now, undergrad. At the time, only college students can have Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I so do remember that. I had a line sister who... Um, so you probably wasn't even in college. I probably was in middle school. <laughs> Girl, no. Okay. Okay. Maybe she early high school. That much older. <laughs> it is heavy. Maybe early high school. So one of my lines who was not interested in Facebook, she let me use her school email address okay. to get a Facebook account. That account probably got some stuff on there. Oh, let me tell you what, what account probably got some stuff on there. MySpace. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> 
MySpace probably got some stuff on there that make you say, woo, Keisha, mm -hmm. grow up. But I, I'm never going to blast people there. And I'm never going to just do anything out in the public forum. I'm probably going to text you something. I'm probably going to be with you one-on-one, -on -one, you know, to say some things. I'm probably going to just act real nasty with you, right? So, my, because one thing, I don't want everybody to think I'm bad. I want you to think I'm bad. I want you to think I'm, like, you know how some people be like, I want everybody to know, don't F with me. No, your turn will come. If you do me something, your turn will true, come. True. But I want that person to know, I see what you did to me, and here's my response. Okay. Now, my guilt comes in and where I get to thinking, if it's somebody that I care about. Okay. If it's somebody that I really love. Now, guilt is not a big place that I overthink, just a small part. And I, I, there's a, another form of guilt, and we'll talk about it briefly. But guilt is where I, it, it's when it's somebody that I really care about. And I'm like, damn, how am I going to make this right? Mm. How am I going to go back to this person and rectify this situation when I know I was intentionally wrong? Mm -hmm. Like, I think there's a difference when, oh, I came across like that. Mm -hmm. And oh, I know, yeah. I know what I'm trying to do. And right. so I think we then go into this rumination part of, Am I really a good person mm -hmm. if I try to do this? How do this is my favorite question to ask myself this and to challenge people with before they make decisions to do things. How do I come back from this? Mm -hmm. If I love this person, if I care about this person, mm -hmm. if I do this, if I say this, how do I come back from that? And a lot of times I beat myself up. When we really can just come from, hey, I apologize, but that's how I was feeling in the moment. Does not make it right. Doesn't make, mm -hmm. you know, how I handle it right. But these are my feelings, and I don't think we have to be apologetic for that part. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's the delivery. A situation that I was sharing you guys with you guys about right before we started recording, one of my friends, she was like, I don't think it's a problem what the person said. Mm -hmm. She said, I think it's the delivery. They right, trying to yeah. play you, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and that is why you're so upset, you know, about it. It's not about, you know, the whole situation because the situation can happen to, with, to anybody and with anything. But how this person is bringing it to you, I think you feel the way you do because you don't want to feel like feeling played and embarrassed are like mm -hmm. those are huge Pride issues for me, but, but that's because you can feel a lot of times people's intention behind exactly. it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Because when you feel played, it's exactly. because they intended for you to yeah. feel bad about something. Exactly. And it's not like, oops, you felt bad as a result of what we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. they're lacking the guilt that we're talking about and then exactly. you're feeling everything. Because they don't have no conscience. Right. But I think like, sometimes people do have the conscience, but their pride won't let them show you that, that they have part That's true, too. I can, yeah, I can see that. That part, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. That part, too. So something before I talk, I want to talk about survivor's remorse because I think that that is a, a piece of guilt that we have. But before we do that, I want maybe, I'm leaving it open to the both of you, but I'm, de I'm definitely directing it to Brittany first because it does not sound like grief. I mean, I'm sorry, guilt is an area that you really find a struggle. Mm-hmm. Which is good because we don't look shit. If I'm overthinking, I don't want to overthink everything. Give me a break. Somewhere. Right. What is it that we can do 
to help us, like those of us that say, girl, I marked G this week. I mean, I marked A for guilt mm-hmm. this week. What is it that we can do to help us not become so under the influence of things that we may feel guilty about, legitimately guilty about, and mm-hmm. then like, oh, you really, like that was an accident. It wasn't intentional. Honestly, I think one of the biggest things it goes back to intentions. You have to know truly what you mean when you do stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if you say something, if you do something, and you know I'm doing this with a good heart, I mean what I said, I might come off direct, but it's not trying to hurt somebody. If somebody takes it wrong, you can't feel guilty because how they received it. Mm-hmm. Because you know what your intention was. Now, you can try to smooth it over if it causes tension for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to backpedal on whatever you think or say or feel gotcha. because of the way they received it. Because you can say something perfect and somebody can still receive it wrong. Yeah. Gotcha. If That's they want to receive it wrong. That's mm-hmm. true. And so you have to just know who I am as a person, what I'm trying to put out there. You can't be apologizing for everything you think or do. Mm-hmm. Because you will always sit there and second guess everything you do. Then you're going to overthink everything. And then everything is going to be much more difficult. It stops you from even being able to be as organic as you normally are. Mm -hmm. And so then that takes away from those people who are not receiving what you say wrong. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I think that's one of the biggest things. If your intentions are pure, I tell that even to my clients. If you know what you did and you meant well, sometimes you just have to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And people have to deal with the fallout. Yeah. I think that's good because what I'm hearing you say is do some self-reflection. And mm-hmm. if you know at the end of the day, like, I did not mean that. Mm-hmm. I was not intentionally trying to be dirty. I wasn't intentionally trying to be hurtful, mm-hmm. you know. Then release yourself from you that. You have to. Don't carry mm-hmm. it. And I think uh, a big thing, a lot of us, we just carry stuff that it's time for us to unload and it drop it off. Or it was never ours to carry. Correct. Absolutely. But Correct. because other people either don't carry or don't know how, mm-hmm. then we get into the space where I'm going to carry mine and carry yours. Yeah. But I'm going to be resentful because that I'm carrying yours. Because what they projected. Hello. Yeah. I'm going to be resentful. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen. Because sometimes I'm just like, okay. Mm-hmm. And so then, Donna, for those of us who sometimes want to be able to play to get back, and then we feel bad because I I knew what I was doing. What is there anything you can say that can that can potentially help us to be like, even though you made that down dirty dog decision, low down dirty dog decision. Get over it, girl. Like anything that, that you can offer us there. I believe in the midst of it, continue to smile. Like I like what I'm working on is if somebody offend me, because I'm actually going through a situation. If somebody offend me, and because I don't feel guilty about that situation, mm-hmm. but I feel guilty for her. If that makes sense, okay. I feel guilty for her behaviors because yeah. it's gonna come back. To where you're going to be like, oh, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you're going to reap it. So what I'm going to do is every time you see me, I'm going to have a smile on my Mm -hmm. face because I know that I didn't do anything wrong Mm -hmm. to offend you or Mm -hmm. to make you think Mm -hmm. that I offended you. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to smile. We don't have to talk. We don't have to be friends anymore. I'm going to just keep it moving. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it goes back to like what Brittany said. When you know who you are, that character, when you know your character, Mm -hmm. you stand on that. Mm -hmm. You have to. You stand on that. I'm still a good person whether 
I offended you or not unintentionally or intentionally, mm-hmm. I'm still a good person. Everybody has bad days. Mm-hmm. So my bad day doesn't equate for my whole life of me being a bad person. Yeah. You know, so just reminding yourself like, hey, I am this good person. Still smile in the midst of it um, at the same time. And if you do do something and you feel guilty about it, communicate. Have mm-hmm. a conversation. It's mm-hmm. really not that hard to have a conversation. Like, I messed up. My bad. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And it might not fix it all the time, but sometimes it yeah. does. A simple conversation can fix a lot and go a long way. But I think a lot of adults don't like to communicate. And it's easier it to cut off. Practice those conversations. Yeah. I practice them because I promise y'all, I am not the best at saying I'm sorry. Especially mm-hmm. if I really don't feel like I was wrong, but I was yeah. kind of wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to convince myself. And I only find that I feel that way with my husband. And we just got married, but we've been together 13 years. Mm-hmm. So we've seen each other in many seasons. Mm-hmm. And so there's times where, like, if I get mad at Tarkeisha, not that she ever really do nothing to make me mad, mm-hmm. but if I get mad at Tarkeisha, I can just stop calling her or stop texting her until I'm not mad no more. Yes. Yeah. But my husband, I live with him. Yes. Yeah, so with we him. have to interact for our child. We have to interact because we marry. And so if I'm mad, it's hard for me to just turn it off. So I have to go in the bathroom. I got to talk in the mirror. I got to practice this conversation. Mm-hmm. My apology, because I know when I said something, I intentionally was saying it, but now I'm thinking like, okay, Brittany, that was not nice. Mm-hmm. Or your tone was wrong. Or you added some extra fluff that what didn't need to be there. And so I feel a little guilty. Mm-hmm. And those are the times where I do, I'm like, dang, because I want certain yeah. things to happen. And I know that I, I can play a part in them not if my delivery is wrong. So you have to talk in the mirror like Issa Rae. Have that yes. conversation about oh, how I am I apologizing. Like so much yeah. You have to channel her because if not, in yes. many situations, you have to get comfortable being able to say, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I was wrong for this. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I was wrong. Uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. You do. And, and I, I like that and I'm glad that that's what we came to because that's my, I always offer a don't you worry your pretty little head technique which is something we practice, mm-hmm. you know, in avoiding overthinking. And I think for this one is just getting to the place that if I need to say I'm sorry, if I was guilty, I, I intentionally did a thing. Get to the place where like, I'm sorry. For me, mm-hmm. you know, like, not that it's going to resolve everything, not that we're going to be good and, and, you know, bygones are going to be bygones because that person still has to process what that did to them. Right. Because if we going low, like, who, who is that? Oh, my mom, one time I told my mom, my mom was like, well, what did somebody, what did Candace say? I said, oh, when they go low, we go lower. She said, no, Candace said she go to hell. <laughs> so, if I went to hell on you, it met my sorry, my sincere apology may not rectify mm-hmm. enough for you, but I can, that's at least what I can do. So, when we're feeling guilty, I don't think we should be sitting around thinking about our behavior, just kind of mm-hmm. reprocessing and re- replaying it. One is recognize your intention, and two, mm-hmm. if I was wrong, you know, apologize. Yeah. And I mean, apologies, like Brittany said, they're not easy. Sometimes I got to go in there, I got to buck myself mm-hmm. up. You know, you know, you got to do your little boxing shit. Like, okay, I'm finna go back. I'm, I'm finna go because <laughs> this man might be like, girl, do you know all the things? Because as women, I say this a lot. As women, we probably can't go toe-to-toe physically mm-hmm. with a man. Now, there are some that, you know, I, I might can take. <laughs> Kent want to brace up to me? Perhaps I can I can take Kent. But there are, if, if there was, there are other men, I just cannot go. But when I 
with my words. Oh yeah, baby, put put me in the ring, coach. Tag me in. I got, <laughs> I got And so I, we do know it, and we've learned those are harder things to come yeah. back from. Oh yeah, words, things we it say. Is. It is. But that's why you be skillful in what you say. You yes. be skillful in what you say. In the yes. words, because the wording matters. Where you put that one word mm-hmm. can change the yes. whole sentence. Yes, yes. Real quickly, because <laughs> clearly we're going to be here together for a minute, y'all. Um, and y'all going to have some good listening. But I want to talk a little bit about survivor's remorse and what that looks like as it, as it associates with grief. I'm sorry, guilt. Um, and because I really think guilt could be a reason that you go to therapy, depending on yeah. the amount of guilt that you're carrying. Because some of us carry guilt fault. Some of us just have led bad lives mm-hmm. and done really bad things. Yeah. And now we are at a place in life where we are sincerely apologetic for, for the things that we've done. And so we want to make it right. Um, and so that may needs, there may need to be therapy. But I have encountered... And I'll tell you the first time I encountered it myself, but then I've talked to other people that experienced survivor's remorse. And um, so survivor's remorse is when we feel bad because we've succeeded in the thing or we have, you know, we came out on the good side of the thing and other people did not. And the first time I experienced this and it did not come to me until like months into it was after the 2016 flood. Okay. And so, and, and I may have experienced survivor's remorse before, but this is when it was evident to me. Everybody that I knew except my mom flooded and lost something mm-hmm. in some kind of way. Like everybody, I should say everybody, but many people that had a direct connection to me, mm-hmm. like from Brittany, mm-hmm. knew her during that time, the people that I was supervising at work, um, our church, mm-hmm. um, my both of my sisters, one lost her house, one lost her car, um, my cousin lost her house, like so many people flooded. My car was intact, my house was intact. We just knew I was gonna flood because we that morning. We had to leave my house on a boat. Mm. You know, so we just knew, boy, when you come back to Keisha's house, it's going to be not... And people in the back of my neighborhood did get some water in their house. And so, all these people... Lord, please don't let certain people listen to this episode. (laughs) Because I'm about to tell on me. All these people, you know, were going through trying to rectify and rebuild Mm -hmm. and I was fine Mm -hmm. but I also was a little bit selfish right before the flood Kelly had just moved out and I had not been in my house by myself in years and I was stingy with my space Mm. and it impacted a really close relationship that I had, right? And so then when we we were able to kind of eventually after months work through it, I then felt like, well, what can I do to make up? What can I do to make up? What can I do to make up? 
And so the reason survivor's remorse came to me is because I think that's where overthinking comes in. We're always trying to do things to make up. Mm-hmm. Now, this is just one very, this is one isolated situation, but there are other people who, you know, they grow up in bad situations and they get out and they mm-hmm. make it and they make it very well in like like. They come from having little of nothing or, you know, needing assistance or, you know, not having. I grew up with both parents. I grew up in a, you know, I guess middle class home. We may not have all these extra amenities, but we had our needs were met. And, you know, but there are some people that they got out from bad situations where they should probably be in the same place that they were when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. Then they feel bad and their issue is I'm going back and save everybody. I'm going back and save everybody. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving people my money and I'm doing all the things. And then all these things that I've built up, now I'm carrying the weight of trying to make good with people who, this is what I say, have the same opportunities Mm -hmm. as me. Mm -hmm. So if I grew up in a bad situation and I was able to find my way out, they can too. You can too. Now, is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. not. You know, it is not going to be easy. So I want to take a little, because we do have this probably why it was supposed to be two G's because it's taking (laughs) us a while. But I'm telling you, I I believe the last one is going to be quick because I just want to do a brief talk about that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can help people who are having, and you can share if you have a situation about survivor's remorse, but how we can help people who are struggling with survivor's remorse saying, I made it out, you know, I didn't encounter this. I was in a domestic violence situation and I actually lived, you know, whereas there are people who, who, you know, were killed in those Mm. situations. Um, what is it? Some, what is something that we can tell people who are in those situations to help them get out of their head and one enjoy their success? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think we should be apologetic no, about not at all. In, uh, about you know my ability to overcome not at all situations. You know, so any any feedback there that you guys have? I don't want to sound harsh, but my thing is because I used to struggle with that. I used to struggle like, dang, you know, because I, I got my house as a single parent. Um, I got my master's as a single parent. So one of my things now is I don't accept excuses. So I think that's going to definitely be big. Like, don't accept other people's excuses because guess what? If they want it, they can get it and remind yourself of how you got it. You made a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you made a choice. And at the end of the day, we all have choices that we make. So we want to make sure that we are able to enjoy the fruits of our labors based off of the choices and the decisions that we make. You know, it's okay to feel bad for them, but we can't fix it. We can't fix it. And we can't save everybody because we're not a superhero. I know as a woman, we like to wear a superwoman cape. But sometimes we got to know when to take that off. We can't be superwoman all the time. And if they want it, we can give them the instruction on how to get it. We could tell them how we did it. But at the end of the day, it is still going to be their choice, their free will. Yeah, very true. I think another thing that's important, I don't really feel like I have a direct experience with the survivor, uh, survivor's guilt. Is what you call it? Remorse. 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 But more so, I think boundaries are super important. 
Absolutely. people kind of look at a situation because they have gone through something, right? Especially those people mm-hmm. that come from really rough places. And then they look back and they see cousins, friends in the same spot. So they feel like I have to give or do for everybody. You can't. And that kind of speaks to what Donna was just saying. You have to have a boundary. Yes. So you can know what you're willing to do, whether it be give time, finances, instructions, emotional support. But you can't give everything you have because that's still, for some people, not going to be enough. Correct. And you will continue to give and give and pour and pour and still they're not going to feel like they have what they need. You're still going to feel guilty yeah. and it's just going to be a cycle. Yeah. So you have to be so able to put a stop and point. you always be pulling them out. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. I think one of the important things is to teach them. Mm. Teach. Like, we empower you more when we teach you. Yep. Not if I give you, you know, all of these tools to get out. I give you money. I buy you this and I, I do all But we teach you. There's this show, Survivor's Remorse. Yeah, did you ever watch that? I, I've heard mm-hmm. about it. I've never oh it. my gosh. I'm gonna have to check it out. So it came on years ago. I wish the show would not have stopped. Mm. End up watching it after the Best Man Holiday series because it just started playing on Peacock. Okay. And it's about this guy, Cam somebody. Cam Newton is a real person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Cam somebody else. Cam Calloway. And he makes it out of Dorchester, Massachusetts. I never can say it right. But <laughs> he makes it out of there on a best, into the league okay. in the NBA. And he has survivor's remorse like a mug. He brings his whole family and baby, they not, where did they move? Mm. Atlanta? I don't know. I can't, I think they moved to Atlanta. But, baby, they not ready for the change in the cultures. They not ready for, you know, they not refined, mm-hmm. you know. And everybody, he wanted to say, he, he goes back. He had a game like there that night, and he had been in a slump, and he needed something to bring him out the slump. So he invited, he wanted to bring his coach to um, the game. He was like, man, I know my high school coach who helped him through so much, mm-hmm. if he's at this game, he gonna, he'll help me get my mojo back and we'll win tonight. Because the, the team was depending on Cam. Okay. Like, he was brought to the team to save them, and, and he, he was doing well. Well, they go to, like, he had already just, he didn't even say, he would do things for people and not even necessarily say it, mm-hmm. too. So, he um had, sent, had already sent this coach a truck. The coach didn't know who the truck was from. It just was shipped to his house. So when him and his cousin pulled up to the house, his cousin, they were like, man, this truck is exactly how we sent it. It's like it's just full of dust. You know, they could tell it had not been used. Mm -hmm. So they go into the house, and the coach is probably half of my couch. Oh, my goodness. He had gained that much weight. Mm. And so he couldn't get in the truck. He probably couldn't leave the house. He man. could not leave the house. He couldn't even fit. The boy was said, send a crane. I need to get my what? coach there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was trying to do anything. That, he was that. Because, one, he then felt, after seeing him, he felt bad. And so he, one, of course, he wanted to coach the game because he felt like it's going to help him get his mojo back. Mm-hmm. But now he's going the extra mile. This is just to demonstrate how survivor's remorse mm-hmm. can grow you if you let it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he's like, I mean, he just needs to be able to get out because he needs to see that there still is life 
And, you know, if we get him out of the house, maybe that'll be the thing to motivate him Mm-mm. to start losing the weight and get his health back and, you know, all this stuff. So, anyway, it's a really good show. The way the show ended, it just, man, it, man, Mike Epps is in there. So, y'all know anything he <laughs> in. And he plays the role of uncle. But then he, I'm not going to tell y'all all because I'm not a spoiler girl. But um, there's a part where he encounters um, something that, it is just a really good show and a really good depiction of how we really become, um, so stuck in trying to save the people because mm-hmm. we've arrived. Yeah, I'm a love people and I'm gonna give them tools, but I'm telling y'all, when I arrive, baby, these handouts ain't for nobody because not until we worked oh, yeah. to come out of that situation. Mm-hmm. So one of the time, yeah, one one thing that I would also add to what Donna and Brittany said is that. Remember that this wasn't given to you, right? You know, when I think about the things that I do have, because like you, Donna, I'm single. I well, again, week two in a row, I'm, I'm with married people. I love it. <laughs> that that's encouragement for me. But you know, I did a lot of stuff as a single person. Mm-hmm. You know, and pretty young. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I bought my first house in 2012. I wasn't 30. When I bought my first house. So I was, I was pretty young doing a lot of things that I felt like I wasn't going to be able to do. But I also couldn't be apologetic. But I can teach you how I did. Correct, I can right. share with you. But I can't go in and do, do it, it for, for you. you know? And so I think that's one of the things that we have to remind ourselves. That even if we... Because I didn't have a handle. I just had parents who was like, you're going to college. It ain't right. no option. Mm-hmm. You're going to do this. It, it, it's no option. you know. And so we have to then make those decisions for ourselves to bring ourselves you know, out of that. And that's what I tell my um, I tell my kids all the time. I try to keep it real with them, and I'm like, the world don't owe you anything. Not a so you Not have a to thing. make sure that you're doing your part. All the bad decisions or whatever that you make, it's it's coming back to you. Exactly. But don't look at me. I told them the other day, 22 is your max. Yeah. You can live with me till you're 22. That's whether you go to college or you work. But by mm-hmm. 22. You getting out of my house? Yeah, because I'm yeah. not taking care of you. Yeah, especially when I raise you. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'm not raising you to be dependent on me. Right, no. I'm, I'm giving you the tools. I'm giving yeah. you the tools to yeah. go out here and be productive citizens, just like me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I might want to come live with you. Exactly. I, now I ain't gonna. I have to live to be an old lady to to live with my children, <laughs> <laughs> but I might want to. I, yeah. I might want to live with you. I might want to come stay with yeah. you. Yeah. I might want to spend at your house sometimes so mm-hmm. yeah that was a good conversation so hopefully you guys have some great takeaways about guilt um we gotta pay the bills that's what they say when commercials come <laughs> <laughs> we gotta pay the bills so we'll be right back y'all all right y'all know we gotta you know i gotta pay the bills i got to get the ads out there so again if you are interested in starting a podcast please make sure you check out anchor it's one of the easy it has been really really simple like literally a click of a button and you're recording click the button you're in you know so it's a good way but no more delay here is probably the big g of the day y'all like that yeah i love it sometimes i like to rhyme sometimes i like to rap you know you never know you have so many talents i'm I'm like uh oh i'm a jack of all trades a jill of all trades where what it was something I was talking about. Some people were asking me about Ghana, 
And they were like, you, did you notice how their people do one thing? And it's like, because people, we Americans, we want to be good at everything. Mm. Those, not those, Africans, they perfect their craft on one thing and mm. be great at it. I love that. I said I want to be just like them. I love that. You already like that with the counseling. Like, mm-hmm. But yeah. you just got your hand in a little other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm about to like, deny talents though. Yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to take some of them irons off the, off the stove. You, you know. have to. But let, let's talk about this G. And I think we all have a lot to offer. And I'm going to do my best to not be as vocal about this G. <laughs> I like to tell people I'm here all the time. You guys get to hear from me all the time. So I like for you all to hear from my guests. But I want to um, talk about grief because believe it or not, it makes us overthink. Mm -hmm. Now, we may say it doesn't make me overthink, but it makes us think. And remember, if we're going to think, we're going to think intentionally. We're going to think purely. We're going to think about the things that are good, the things that are helpful. When we become so fixated on our grief, it's not always the healthiest thing. And I know that for myself, as mm-hmm. a person who have been encountering my very own personal experience with grief for 17 years. So, of course, grief is the response to loss, particularly the loss of someone or some living thing that has died to which a bond or affection was formed. So it doesn't always have to be death. You know, I tell clients mm-hmm. a lot of times, grief is not just somebody dying. Grief is the loss of a friendship, mm-hmm. loss of a relationship, loss of a thing. We grieved losing things in the flood, you know, loss of a job, you know, divorce. We grieve those things. So we are grieving any death or living thing that may have a bond that's been shattered, right? And that that's that's no longer you know the relationship is no longer the same and so it's where we experience some deep sorrow Mm -hmm. we feel really bad about it we don't you know our our, i i i can go as far to say that a lot of times we're never the same Mm -hmm. after a grieving situation we try to get back to a new normal but it is hard you know and Mm -hmm. i was going to say normal but we try to redefine ourselves or not even, I should not say redefine, but rediscover ourselves, yeah. you know, after, after death, because it is, um, a heavy encounter. And again, not just after death, but after a loss of a job, you've been working at this job 10 years and they come, they say they no longer lead you. What? Mm-hmm. You know, even if you are pissed off going to work every day, cause I love what I do, but I don't want to get up every morning and do it, All you right. know? And so I want us to talk a little bit about grief. Now, I am very understanding of how grief has affected all of us, you Mm -hmm. know, in our personal lives. And so I want us to share within reason that's comfortable for us, that is going to not make us have to stop and do therapy on each other, (laughs) you know, to to get through. Um, But understand that this is a very real and vulnerable part of our lives, and we've experienced it all in different ways. Um, But what is it, what, what, when we talk about grief or when I speak of grief and how it connects to overthinking, what does that mean to y'all? I I really do believe that grief can cause you to overthink. We have the five stages of grief. 
And sometimes, like, I find myself fluctuating from the anger stage to the depression stage to acceptance. And it's like, if then I go back to the anger. And then mm-hmm. I go back to the depression and get sad. Um, last year, my nephew was in a car accident. Mm-hmm. And I had to, he's still alive, but I had to grieve who he used to be. Mm-hmm. Like, because he's not the same anymore. He had to have brain surgery. You know, it's like he's going back to this infant stage. So sometimes, because he lives with me, so sometimes seeing him like that, it makes me sad. It's like, man, I remember when we used to could be able to do this. Mm-hmm. I miss getting into our arguments that we used to get into. So in that in that sense, I tend to get sad. And then I think about all the events of that day. And I'm like, my book, y'all, I don't know what happened, but my book, Damaged Goods, came in the mail that day. I didn't order a copy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it came in. So, and me and my sister, we had got some crawfish and some drinks. Like, we were about to turn up. I just got married a week before the Mm -hmm. accident. And then this happened. And so, with the overthinking, it's like, what could I have done? We should have made sure he was in the house. We shouldn't have told him to go to the store. It's like, why did that person have to hit him? Like, I even tried to get my car to go that speed and press my brakes to see if I would be able to stop you know because it's like i'm trying to figure out why it happened and then it's like after the incident all you see on the news is people getting hit by cars but they're dying my cousin literally just died last week he was hit by i'm not sure if you guys heard about the guy who was hit in front of silly rabbit like late february or early march it was before i went to ghana Late February, Mm-mm. and he just passed. Jeez. Oh. So it's like it, it it brings up a lot of questions. And actually, your nephew was encouragement for me. I was like, oh, he'll probably live. Like Bam was Bam yeah. live, you know, things like this. So yeah. Yeah. So it it brings up a lot of questioning. But one thing that I just it's the tra- questioning. It's the I'm question. glad you said that. We'll we'll go back there. Yeah, yeah. it brings up a lot of um questioning of what could have been different or. I mean, even now, it's, I know he'll be a testimony, but it's still like I miss that piece. Mm-hmm. I miss that piece. So it's trying to adjust to a new norm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Thank you for sharing that because I know that when things are personal to us, it's like I don't, I don't want it. One of the things you said that I can relate to, I'm adjusting to a new norm, but why it have to be my family? Mm, Things happen for a reason, but why? Why the reason yes. gotta be for me? Yes. Can you give me the reason in any other kind of way than tragedy? You know, sometimes. So, Brittany. And now look, <laughs> as y'all was talking, I wish you could hear how fast my heart started beating, because <laughs> this topic is something. And mm-hmm. when I tell you, just when I think about the overthinking, Lord Jesus, uh, uh-uh, I'm not doing this today. When I think about the overthinking. Mine, when it comes to grief, always goes to why my family. Mm-hmm. Because everybody who grew up with me who knows my family, my family is big. Well, they mm-hmm. used, it used to be big. And so, they're like, literally from 2014, my grandma passed. 2016, my mom passed. 2018, my dad passed. 18 months after my mom. Mm-hmm. 2020, my first son was born and passed. Like, And I'm like, my mom used to always tell us, you never ask what's next. Mm-hmm. Because you just don't know what door's gonna open. Mm-hmm. But I look and I'm like, my family never far from perfect, but very close knit. Always has been. My friends would come over just to be around my family, even if I wasn't there. I was in college down here, <laughs> and my grandma would call and say, "Oh yeah, so it's okay, but why? I'm not even in Michigan." 
but that's because people were just drawn to my family and the connection that we had. Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, I don't want people, especially people I know, I'm not asking for anybody's family to pass away. That's far from what I'm thinking. But I always say, why my parents though? Like my mom's mom lived to be 80 something. So in my mind, my mommy was going to live to be 80 something. Like, and I know that's not logical, but it's also like nobody before my mom having cancer had cancer close to me. At least on that side of the family. Yeah. So I never thought that that would be my reality. My dad passed away. We never had the best relationship up until I was an adult. But our relationship got a lot stronger. And then he passed away. And I'm just like, Lord. So that makes me overthink. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what is happening? What is it about my particular family unit that all these core people are gone? So y'all know, especially in... The black families typically certain people tie the family yes. together. Mm-hmm. Yes. So all these core people have passed away and my family is still trying to figure out how to get back on the same kind of wavelength. Like even when Christmas comes around, that's my favorite holiday. The last few I just be like, ugh, do I even want to go to Michigan? Because it never feels like Christmas used to feel. Like mm-hmm. there's just always something that's off. And so now that I have a second son who's here, you know, thank God, I always think about overthinking. How do I make life great for him? Because he don't have his grandparents. He has one grandfather that's still here on his dad's side. But I'm like, my mama was the best. You know, we all say our mama's the best. I'm like, my mama was the best mama ever. He don't get to experience her. So how do I make sure that he still has that warm, loving family surrounded? So I always overthink, am I doing enough? Am I taking him places? Am I exposing him to stuff? Because I want him to have that. And I'm like... I'm even in myself. I'm like, Lord, I'm an orphan, and I'm like, not even thirty-five. That's crazy to me. My youngest sibling is what twenty-six. He was eighteen. Like, I just look at stuff like that, and I'm like, goodness gracious. So even when I have clients come, and y'all probably can hear, it, and they start talking about grief, and I'm like, oh goodness gracious. I always have to have a conversation with myself yeah. because it's so real, and it will make you overthink yeah. and overthink and overthink, and you almost miss out on. What's happening right now? Right. So then you have to hold yourself accountable to say, don't miss what's happening, the good stuff that's happening, for overthinking about everything else. Yeah, that has happened. It it is definitely something that can take you out of the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. grief, I tell people all the time because, you know, it's my niche. It's why most people come and see me now. We as with any form of therapy, uncover so much, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's not necessarily, the grief is the thing that brought you here. Right. But there's something so much deeper, you know, that we have to deal with. And I think that sometimes because we have a persona of being strong or we're always taught that, things happen mm-hmm. or people eventually die that you know we're supposed to just be accepting of right things and then you know growing up we always heard i know for me we have to accept what god allows don't question god don't question mm-hmm. god you know and one of the most profound things i've probably heard in the last 10 years of my life is that god can handle my questions mm. Like, my questions ain't nothing to him. Be like, girl, ask me your questions because otherwise, back to what Donna was saying, questioning just happens in my head. Mm-hmm. And for me and, and for some of you who are listening, and it sounds like for, for both Donna and um, Brittany as well, 
our overthinking comes in the form of the question. Mm -hmm. Why my family? Why my nephew? Why my parents? Why my child? Mm -hmm. You know, why are we that have, or could it have happened? I tell people this all the time. I know he's not listening to this podcast. I thought that my baby daddy was the reason my son died. Mm. Because I felt like God wanted to get him his attention. Mm. Right? Mm. And he needed to be saved and he needed this drastic thing. Right? And I was young when my when my son died. I was 23. And so, yeah, you probably was in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> Let's lighten the moment here because it got real thick. <laughs> about to get out of this out this session no. but so um I, I was 23 so i was pretty young but he had children okay he had other children and i found myself saying why couldn't these other children die mm. if this is not for me yeah. if this is for him why hurt me in the process right that's how it was with my little nephew because i'm like his dad got other kids yeah. why that gonna be an eye opener for them yeah mm-hmm. we i don't need no lesson i'm good with you god i know you well <laughs> so the fact he, that you can even say that though so many people wouldn't yeah, even, we wouldn't even, admit, wouldn't even that. admit that that's a real admit, thought though it was a real thought for me it was like take his mm-hmm. not mine like are, are you serious like and and then this is a big thing that I deal with in my very own grief, but also when I'm dealing with other people who are grieving. God, like, I got a relationship with you, and you really do that to me. Like, mm-hmm. you would, because with loss, y'all look at Sugar Ray. You <laughs> look so sad. <laughs> with loss, it is, it's hard to overcome it. It, it, is. Is, it is hard to Find what's normal. You know, for a long time, I thought it was okay to sit in a dark room. Mm. I thought it was okay for people not to, you know, for me not to interact with people. I remember, so Jaden passed in early November, so the holidays are right behind. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm going to celebrate? For mm-hmm. I don't even. I'm supposed to be bringing y'all a new baby. I'm actually supposed to be missing Thanksgiving anyway because I should be in the house for six weeks, and so no need in me going, you know. Mm-hmm. And so we really do think about what's the mm-hmm. what's the whole big deal of this? Why in all this in this time, which is not a really long time, do I lose all these key people in my life? Mm-hmm. Like what what's the sense of that? What is the sense that my nephew is out doing probably something he does every day right every day no no different you know it's our normal end of the day routine and this happens why would i carry a baby nine ten months not have one hiccup besides having having to have having to have physical therapy you know i started having back back problems and stuff why then the birth of baby and he big and healthy with the strongest heartbeat. And it ends in that. Like, it makes no sense. And so, I guess my my thing here is that grief doesn't make sense. At all. And so, the only thing... But that's, I think that's where that overthinking comes in. Yeah. When it doesn't make we're sense, trying to figure trying it to make out. it make sense. Yeah. We're yeah. trying to figure it out. And though there's purpose in everything, and mm-hmm. I'm one that says it all the time, I know there's purpose in everything. I can never make sense of it. And I am, I'm better. I am, I'm better. I'm 
I still get sad. I still cry, you know, yeah. anniversaries and birthdays. Like, those things really, really hurt. Or holidays is a big, big one for me. Or when I'm just here lonely. And I'm like, man, Jaden can be in here getting on my nerves, but mm -hmm. I'm just here by myself. Jaden can go and walk the dogs. That probably wouldn't have if I had Jaden. You know, <laughs> but if he was here, he could go and walk the dogs. Or it really gets me when Kent tells me this. So, y'all know Kent, my nephew. Mm-hmm. He will randomly text me, Keisha, I love you and all your kids. Ooh. Y'all see why he can come and stand on furniture? Uh -huh. <laughs> so the very first time he texts me that, I was like, huh? I said, laugh aloud. My kids, he said, yeah. Jaden, Sugar Ray, and Spencer. Mm. You talking about. Fell apart. Pieces. I know it. Pieces. Because it's like, even they know the connection mm -hmm. of him to my life mm -hmm. now, you know. And though he'll never be here, it does not ever remove my desire. Right. For that. It's never, you know, it doesn't matter how many mother figures or father figures or grandmother figures that come into your life. Right. It doesn't matter, you know, if Bam lives to be 50, 60, 70, 80. When we can't have those people back, mm -hmm. if, we, if you can't have the bam, if you can't have your mom, if I can't have my Jaden, mm -hmm. it does not, it doesn't, it ain't make it up. Right. I'm grateful for this mother figure. I'm grateful that bam still lives. I'm grateful for the experience of Jaden. But our real thought is, but I want right. what I want. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And so my my big ordeal or not our deal, but feedback there is get therapy. Because here's the mm -hmm. thing. So many times we try to handle grief that comes in the form, you know, from death or comes from, you know, the end of a relationship. And it comes from, you know, whatever type of tragedy that you encounter. Mm -hmm. And we try to deal with it by ourselves. The biggest mistake ever. Think about the times that you sat by yourself to handle whatever feeling came associated with your grief mm -hmm. and how heavy how heavy that was but then also how long it took you to get through as opposed to when I leaned on my support right you know and a lot of times we don't want to call people we don't want to burden them mm -hmm. we That's don't what want to I don't burden about it. Or bring people's mood down. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if they got me, they got their own stuff going on. You know, or for me, this is the most reoccurring thought I have. I should be over it. It's 17 years now. But you know, and that's the farthest from the truth you know, ever. It's so far, but it's coming to terms with this really is about, like, not to say. For the rest of your life, you're going to be down in the dumps about it. Right. But for right now, you're still navigating what this space, like, a, a, a thing that I'm grieving, a real life gr grief is the desires I had for my life. Mm. It's not something we think about or mm -hmm. talk about a lot that I'm grieving that I am still single or that I, I don't have children, you know, and that really I don't know what that looks like for me. You know, as I get older... As Brittany loves to point out, it's a lot of times like, oh, do I even have time to do these? And I have faith and I believe that I'm going to be able to have everything that I have. But uh, the biggest desire 
is to birth my own child. Right. And I think some of that, and this is not my therapy, but I think some of that is to prove to myself that you can have a living healthy well child mm-hmm. even if it's 17 years later because now i was high risk you know from his law his death but now i'm real high risk because <laughs> i'm a geriatric prick we don't pregnancy, claim that you know I, but we yeah. all sure. we don't but, if i get pregnant again, i'm gonna be the geriatric yeah. look technically we all about to be knocking yeah. on the geriatric listen, i'm about to be 35 <laughs> listen so it's like it's those words it's that it's it's really i think one of the real current questions it's like is life gonna ever be the same? And the the hard answer is no. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be poor. It, it doesn't. doesn't have to be built around your grief. And I know for a while, I don't know if you guys were like that, but for a while I built my life around my grief. Mm. I intentionally was sad some days. There was time I used to go to the grave and I'm like, I, I have to go. Like I wasn't living here, of course, with Jaden. Passed, so eventually I moved back to Natchitoches, and then I lived in Lafayette. But I would intentionally come home once a month so I can go to the grave. Mm. And I didn't just go to the grave to sit and get flowers. I had to sit there. Like, I remember one time my daddy bought me a towel mm-hmm. so I can sit out there because I felt like this is the only way I can mother, parents, and, you know, be right. a part of his life. And so I think that, you know, my feedback here would be, y'all, get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get help and utilize your supports. We're not getting on people's nerves when we telling them right now I'm hurting. I'm sure they'll rather you say that than suffer in silence or suffer alone. Right, right. Because you don't you have know, to suffer alone. You do not. You know, and I mean that's anything. If you beat yourself up because I'm a non-traditional student mm-hmm. and I'm not finishing school yet and I feel real sucky about that baby we rooting for you right finish the degree we don't care when you you know we don't care when it is it is something that's important to you do it. it's down to you know the the smallest of things you know if if I'm looking at Donna's lanyard and I'm looking at these bags it is down to you want to be in a, a organization mm-hmm. and it's not happening for you Baby, I didn't seen old people come to Delta oh, yeah. to show and express interest. Mm-hmm. Like you don't give up, don't don't grieve the life that you haven't obtained yet, because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't mean it's not coming. It's just not right shit. now. Yeah, I think some people grieve it and overthink it so much because it goes by this unwritten timeline that we have. Absolutely. If you're a certain age, you should be done with college. If you're a certain age, you should have a home. If you're a certain age, you should be married. At a certain age, especially women, mm-hmm. why don't yes. you have kids? Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you here? Yes. Why aren't you traveling? So then people have like this silent pressure, like, oh man, I ain't checking these yeah. boxes fast enough for people looking. Yeah. So then they overthink and they overthink and then, oh my goodness, and I'm 33 and I'm I'm grieving this and I should have this. And it becomes <laughs> a big old cycle where you missing your life. Yeah. And because, because yeah. Sometimes it's social media too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A lot of times. Yeah. At, right now, this day and age, that's exactly what it is. Let me tell y'all, the other day. I, something happened and I unfollow. I, I follow lots of wedding pages and stuff. If mm-hmm. weddings on point came on, I unfollowed them. I'm mm-hmm. just in in a mood. I say I'm unfollowing them. I don't want to see it. I don't. Wanna... <laughs> but I don't know if y'all saw this. This is on social media, and you hear it all the time when you're over a certain age and you have all these things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. Because <laughs> I, I always like to give them a something a little inappropriate. Um, <laughs> One time, I, I, it was on social media, it was like, you 
you look good, you fine, you smart, you got all these things going for yourself, but you still single, your cat dry. <laughs> Excuse me, y'all, but it's the truth, right? So it says, it's just insinuating, like you got all this stuff going for you, but you're still single. But this week I saw, it said, Ashanti is 42, mm -hmm. single, and have no kids. What's really wrong? Mm -hmm. And I related there because society, as you pointed out, Brittany, and social media, as you pointed out, Donna, will make you think something, something wrong. wrong with you. And yeah, it, has, it is nothing that I talk about to everybody I, I know i've not said this i've said been clear on this podcast about oh i want to be married but sometimes i do think like what's wrong like what what i know dudes ain't looking for just like these amazingly figured women okay so i'm like all right my body is all right it ain't it ain't in its best shape but it can it can gain somebody's attention <laughs> right you know, and but I do, I get to thinking like, what is it? And sometimes, like you said, it just hadn't hit my timeline. Mm -hmm. And so there are times that I do remind myself, but look at all the amazing things you've accomplished. Oh, yeah. And that you get to do. Mm -hmm. I tell people, I was in the nail shop with a lady yesterday. I don't know how she got to talking to me about her life and stuff. And well, because I'm a therapist, and when they when people just I don't know if like it's this thing that it goes out therapist real quick whenever they need to talk, mm -hmm. and so they know to talk. And so I was telling her, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't have children. I was like, in some kind of way, I told her I just recently came back from Ghana and some of my other travel plans, and she was like, wow, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, sometimes my sisters, I tell them, oh, I'm going in there like they can't go because they have children, or you know, they have these responsibilities, or blah blah blah. I was like, and I just be like, well, shoot, I'm I'm going, you know, and I think, uh, and so sometimes I do take that into account. If I did have all the things that I wanted right now, I may not be, I may not be available to have the experience. I would like to think that I could, but the the reality is, my children and my family would have to come before some of those trips, right? You know, and that would bring its own animals. level of overthinking and grief. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And so while I am grieving not having that life some people are grieving not having the life that i have and i'd be like hello it is me really <laughs> like one time my friend she 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 had she couldn't make it to something that we were that i was going to do mm -hmm. and i was like oh, okay it's cool this day and age if it's like going out to have a drink or going out to have to eat i'll do it by myself i don't have a problem and so she was like man i want to be out hanging out and i said and i want to be at home with my family Mm. All right, girl, have a good time. Uh -huh. You know, because I would, I would rather not. If, or if I was going out, I'd rather not be going out with you or going out by myself. I'd rather be doing it with my man, mm -hmm. with my children. You know, and so in 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 all that saying, like it, this and the conversation went differently than I even envisioned, which is a good different. We literally grieve stuff that we don't have. Like, we're not labeling it as grieving. Mm -hmm, right. We're not labeling it as overthinking. We're just thinking we're wishing for these things or we're ruminating about why we don't have these things. But we are really in some way grieving this for my life. And so my encouragement is that 
everything that you want to come will come in its time. Mm -hmm. And Brittany just said that, Mm -hmm. you know, we just have to separate separate ourselves from what society's norms are, the pressures of social, social media, and then those even unspoken pressures and expectations, which we're going to talk about expectations on the next episode. Um, we have to disengage with that, Mm -hmm. you know, and enjoy the moment. Like we talked about on last week, like this moment, I'm never getting back. Mm -hmm. When I have children, when I do decide to travel, it's going to be, do they have a passport? Do I have money to travel the way that I travel? Can they travel with me that way? Or do I have somebody who's willing to babysit? Because... (laughs) When I'm ready to go, I don't want kids to go on absolutely every trip, you know, with me. And so, while there is this level of freedom and liberty that I have, enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's easier said than done, though. In your logical brain, it's like, yeah, enjoy my freedom. But like you said, you want your family and you know how you want to get there. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always have to remind myself, even... Like, my baby is 18 months. And y'all know, he came during the height of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, we already was locked inside. And I'm locked inside because I had a baby. <laughs> I love my baby. Yeah. But I want to go outside. Out and I want him to stay inside with somebody yes. else. And so, finding that balance is like, I don't ever want to go back to the time of not having kids. Yeah. Because what was I doing? Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, I also want to go outside and be able to hop a flight. You know? Yeah. Go somewhere and know I can have a good time and he's still okay. So that yeah. balance is what everybody, I think, yeah. would help to not overthink as much. Yeah. But it's not that easy to get there. No, I like not. that. I like that suggestion. Balance. Because mm-hmm. it makes sense. It, it would then normalize that it's okay that you have your outside moments. But it's mm-hmm. absolutely okay that you have your inside. And again, when the time comes, they'll they'll merge to make your life full. And I think, too, something that just hit, we have to get to the place to where we could grieve others' expectations over us. Mm -hmm. Because when I got married and um, had my one-year-old, like, one of my friends was like, you different now. And I'm like, I ain't noticed I was different, but mm-hmm. a baby in marriage takes a toll on you yeah. sometimes. Like things are supposed to change when you get married. I right. can't hang out as much as I used to. Still work a full time job, waking up in the middle of the night with a one year old. Things mm-hmm. it's not realistic for things mm-hmm. to be the same. So definitely being able to to grieve those expectations of who mm-hmm. you once was that some people just haven't moved forward with you mm-hmm. on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That that was good. Before I I don't because I don't want us to go over two hours this time. So <laughs> I want to transition a little bit. But before we do anything else, y'all want to offer about grief? Um, one more thing. I'll okay. say one more thing. <laughs> I think that one more thing I would say is um you know it's hard to grieve people that we've lost related to death, mm-hmm. but it's also hard oh. to grieve people that are still present. Mm-hmm. So but it's the loss wish. of that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you, it'll make it easier if you weren't here. Correct. Right. If I didn't have to see you. Correct. If I did how much, I don't want you to die. But can you move across the country? Right. Correct. So I don't have to see, you're absolutely right. And I think that's a whole nother level of grieving because mm-hmm. I'm, what I have learned in those situations, I'm learning to live without you being here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm learning to live without you, but you are still here. Right. Yeah. Not 
Not that you're totally gone. You're around the corner. I can call you if you want to. I pass you on the street. I see you in the store. And that makes it harder. And it makes it harder. And Mm -hmm. I think where we encounter overthinking there, I'm so glad you brought that point up, Donna. I think where we encounter overthinking there is what went wrong? Mm -hmm. What could I have done differently? Was that too hard on them? Was Mm -hmm. that too hard? What what could we have done? Should we try it again? Mm -hmm. Knowing sometimes we should not, sometimes Mm -hmm. we could, but should we try? And so we have all these questions that we put pressure on ourselves for decisions that we know were healthy. Or, I said this last week, Oh, Lord, I hope I said it on the podcast. <laughs> I said it to somebody. But sex has kept me in relationships way Definitely. longer Definitely. than I should have been, right? And so sometimes we find reasons to go back. Yeah. And so now I'm still grieving because mm-hmm. I'm not getting what I need in these relationships. And so I use that analogy about sex because sometimes there's reasons we go back, be it sex, be it that they were a financial supporter, or they were be just comfortable. That they were comfortable in familiar mm-hmm. spaces, yep. Yep. or I'm doing it for the child, or mm-hmm. everybody thinks we look good together, or hell, I ain't gonna get nobody else that's any better, right? right? Yes. We have all these reasons, but then we have these levels of grief that now I'm stuck in something that ain't even pleasing and fulfilling for me, but I'm afraid to go past. You know this this place in life when that fear back to that original those the, the F series that fear have us stuck in a place where we then unfulfilled and that's a whole nother U and F and then yep. that's back and to we'll guilt though and yep. then and back, back to, to guilt. guilt all of these things end up tying together and mm-hmm. that's the theme that I'm learning as I do oh fudge it literally just came to me in a <laughs> I don't know I I explained what I was doing so. And, but it's all making sense mm-hmm. like that. Overthinking is just a big ball of stupid. You mm-hmm. know, I think about <laughs> this is literally what I just envisioned in my head. Overthinking is like that ball of rubber bands that people just kind of put on uh-huh. and overlap. And like, boom. Okay, I, I deal with grief, but bam, there's guilt. Boom, there's feeling. There's fear. It's so much. But we're going we're gonna to unravel that ball. Anything you else? Oh, no. Okay. So I'm gonna talk real briefly. I wanna make you guys understand. Why are you laughing, Dom? So silly. Oh, you, want me to get the, you want me to get the No, you good. You sure? That is that what you finna was about to say that's got you saying more? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's absolutely okay. Um, I want to deal with giants. So you guys know I like to throw in a trick here and there, you know, like the D and the drip last week, and then on the pre the episode before that where we talked about unicorns. And I honestly thought we were only going to deal with guilt and grief this week. But then as I was going to make the um, the poll, giants came to me. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. Now, grief, because I have a grip on my grief, it still affects me. I don't, I, I still have questions, but I probably don't overthink as much. Guilt, eh, but giants for me... I feel like that's where I live this week. And that is the thing that causes me to overthink. And y'all, we're going to talk about it in less than 20 minutes, okay? When I talk about giants, it's the things that we create to be big in our lives, Mm -hmm. okay? Those are the things that they may be so insignificant and you bring it up to me and you be like, and I'll be like, girl, really? That's bothering you? Man, that's nothing. That. That's nothing. You can handle that. 
but for you, it's a big deal. And so the, the, when, I, when I speak to giant, my, my example was trying to intrude. When I speak to giants, it's the things that we create like the unicorns and we have given them so much power that they overshadow all good things that are happening. We cannot see beyond, you know, that giant to see the accomplishment, to see the progress, to see the success. So before I let the ladies share to just give a little bit more of an example, I'll say one of the giants that has been in my life for a long time, and it I've knocked it down some. It's, it's probably from Goliath height to Goliath <laughs> on his knees. Or, <laughs> or maybe Goliath sitting down because my my imagination imagination of Goliath is like this big old giant. He's huge, right? So even sitting on his butt, he's still kind of yeah. tall, right? So would be weight, my struggles, you know, with with my weight and my body. And people always are like, are you serious? Because I will get on there with a crop top, but y'all don't know if I'm sucking me. Or y'all don't know if I didn't eat all day to, to wear that crop top. Or like yesterday I was getting ready for an event. And it's my time of the month. And I started TMI. I don't even get a period. But I bloat because mm-hmm. my birth control. I know y'all out there saying, how turkey she going to keep pregnant she on birth control? <laughs> I, I sure thought it. I just thought it. I promise you I did. It came, let me explain. Because since we, we go together real bad oh. now, I like to control my period. So I'm not getting off birth control until I'm ready to have a child because I don't want a period. Mm. But even without a period, I have bad cramps. And I bloat really bad. That's what had me slow this morning. I was cramping. I, I, I don't even know what blood looks like from a cooch mm. <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Praise Lucky the Lord. Her. Lucky you. So grateful for it. But I cramp and I bloat. But anyway, I was getting dressed last night. And my outfit was going to be so cute. I was like, oh, I'm going to be so cute. And then I started bloating like midday yesterday. And usually it don't hit me till like late Friday night or Saturday. And I'm like, oh no, you're early. Wait, who are you? <laughs> and I had eight yesterday. I'm like, oh crap. You know, but about four years ago, I would beat myself up about my weight. It was bad. Like I would really, really beat myself up. And I realized it had become a little God in my life. And I only want God. I only want one God in my life. I don't want anything else that has that much attention to folks. But like, y'all, I would get on the scale every day, multiple times a day. I wake up in the morning, make sure I was butt naked, use the bathroom, not drink a sip of water, and I'm getting on that scale. Uh The next day, I'm doing it again. And don't let me go work out because I'm going to get on when I get back from working out, you know. And it had become so big that I didn't even recognize the progress I was making. Mm. Because the scale lies, you mm-hmm. know. Sure I had shifted my workout, and so I was building muscle that it's going to still weigh more, right? So this giant was not even allowing me to see the change in my body. And the ladies that I work out with would be like, "Oh my goodness, well, Tarkisha, you look amazing!" And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "Oh, I don't see it," you know. And it wasn't until I had to take a step back and look at side by side pictures. And I'm like, you were giving too much credit to your old body and to your old way of doing things that you cannot even see. And and when I say too much credit, too much pressure 
to to what you used to do. You've made changes. And I think sometimes we have giants in our lives, these big things, and we won't even give ourselves credit for making changes to knock it down. You know, Goliath from standing on his feet to sitting on his butt is some significant progress, mm -hmm. right? You know, I, I want him, you know, all the way down, but give yourself credit right. for the progress that you have made. So when I talk about giants, y'all, and we down to about 20 minutes, what does that look like or what is it that you can share with people who are overthinking because of these big created things that we've made? Like, I'm not talking about like the big things that happen to us, but I'm talking about the big things that we create because I created my weight problem. Y'all want to know what I was doing in 2020 when we had COVID? This was my favorite thing about COVID. What? Family meal packs. Mm. Favorite thing, <laughs> hands down. Texas Roadhouse ribeye family meal pack. <laughs> Me and my coworker would go to work, okay? Clients was down. This I was still in the office then. We go to Waffle House. We would get a family meal pack. <laughs> we had the all-star and we had the, the scramble thing, okay? We had our meal pack. We'll eat that for breakfast. We will take a nap, okay? I don't work there no more. I can tell our business. We'll take a nap. <laughs> we will get up in time for lunch. We will go to Texas Roadhouse. Y'all know Texas Roadhouse used to not even be open till 4 o'clock right. in uh -huh. the day. Right. Well, during the pandemic, they sure opened for lunch. Wow. We would go and get the ribeye. With the six rolls, but I said add another six so she could have six and I could have six <laughs> with all the sides. The rolls good though. The rolls are the amazing. Butter, yes. it, and I like the regular butter. I know y'all for the cinnamon butter, but I'm a I'm a regular plain oh, Y'all, one day I was in that back playing with the dogs, and the kids had snapped a picture of me, and I looked at that dress. And if I get bold, I'll post the picture this week. Only bold. think yourself crazy. Right. And I was like, whoa, family meal packs did you in, girl. <laughs> but while I was enjoying that, it was my fault. It was it was a problem I created, mm -hmm. but I made it become a giant. So that that's what I mean. The things that we're creating, not like life situations like we have in death and loss and things like that, but these things we create. Mm-hmm. Whoever. I know for me, mine's is finances. Like, I create this big giant out of finances because I know what I used to be able to do when I wasn't married, and it was just me and my son. But now that I am married and my husband came with his own, you know, with his son, it's like, oh, we're a family of four. Then the baby came, we're a family of five, mm -hmm. have to pay daycare. You know, I'm like, man, my finances don't look like what they they used to and I think that that's my biggest giant so I'm still working to knock that giant down to knock the giant out because I'm I know when you're married you know it's supposed to be y'all money mm -hmm. but I feel like his money is my money mm -hmm. and my money is it's my me. money <laughs> so I'm working on my money being our money because he does that mm -hmm. so I'm working on trying to transition knock my financial giant down by working on it's all our money and we all win together when you operate in that sense mm. rather than I, I, I. Yeah.
That makes sense. And we talked about finances um, and the F because finance is a big thing. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. Since doing this, us sitting here recording, Kelly texted me. And she's listening to the F. And she was like, I said in the F episode, when it's dealing with finances, sometimes I always tell myself, yes. Mm. Oh, she got to tell, yes, get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like that? Yes, get it. Oh, you like that? Yes. Sometimes I need to tell myself, no. Absolutely. We create a problem. I I got clothes that I ain't going to Two years, we ain't going nowhere. I was mm-hmm. biased. I don't like to I tell was, myself no, though. It's I so do hard. not. Because you work so hard. Why we work hard. We work hard. And I deserve this stuff, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, after a tough week, I should be able to have a drink and crawfish. Mm-hmm. I should be able to have it twice a week. And I should be able to buy what I want to buy. Yeah. But I think we also have to think about other financial goals that we have. Correct. Correct. Excuse me. Do I have things that I want to do with my money? So sometimes, even though we should be able to treat ourselves and do those things, the wise thing is maybe I need to tell myself no, you know. That's so yeah. Oh, because it's something. So in finances, I definitely think for some of us it is a a, a giant that we create in our own mm-hmm. life. A gi- Y'all, it just hit me that giant and Goliath mm-hmm. start with a G. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Goliath that we got to knock down. Yeah. Hmm. I actually was over here really stuck for a minute trying to think about one that resonates because too many came to mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do agree about the finances component just because, like you said earlier, I come from like a two-parent household, what people would consider middle class. We weren't rich, but we also weren't mm-hmm. just eating noodles. So mm-hmm. it's like I always try to think about how do I make sure that I don't ever get back to high school in college mm-hmm. where I was too prideful to call my mama and tell her mom needs some money. So I, me and Sean, like we go way back. So we were in college struggling and I'm like, I don't ever want to live that life again. How mm-hmm. do I make sure with the world changing so much, my family life changing? Now, like you said, having to come to terms with the fact that we married, so we supposed to share finances. Ooh, the Lord is working with me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and being able to be like, so I can't just go buy any old thing. I have yeah. to be mindful. I got to mm-hmm. think about this baby, what he need, and my husband, what? When I yeah. could just go do whatever because I work. Yeah. And so that is definitely a giant for sure. But I think for me, one that always gets me is feeling adequate consistently as a wife and mom. And I say that because working so much and then I work from home and then I keep my kid at home. So some days dinner ain't getting cooked. And then it's looked like, oh, wait, it's been four days and I ain't cooked dinner. Mm -hmm. And we've been out here either ordering out or my husband throwing something together. And I'm the main cook in the house. Not that Mm -hmm. he don't try. He does well what what he does. But the point is... In my mind, there's a certain picture. So then I'm like, dang, you ain't been married long enough not to be out here cooking. Like, it's only been a few months. There's certain stuff you're just not doing consistently. Like, my mama came home from work and cook. Well, I'm not cooking and I'm at home. But it's just so different. And so that's my giant. I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, this man go work a physical job. I'm working, but I work from home. Mm-hmm. So then when he come home, and then I'm like, well, what we eating for dinner? He, we sitting there looking two <laughs> hours. We looking crazy trying to figure it out. And Brayden running in circles trying to figure out who going to give him something to eat. And mm-hmm. I'm like, goodness, how we the adults in this house? Mm-hmm. Because that's always a constant thought for me. Yeah. Like, how do I find a rhythm? Yeah. And that is definitely yeah. a giant for me. It is. I had to text that's my cousin too. one time because she's she's a teacher. And she's she's been married about seven years I think Mm -hmm. but she's a teacher she has three kids and a dog (laughs) and I'm like how do you cook how do you make your product that you sell Mm -hmm. you go teach and you tend to the husband and the kids that just like for you like that's why I said you stepping on toes because 
that's a struggle. That's a big struggle. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, I don't like to cook much anyway, mm-hmm. but it's like, man, that's what I'm supposed to do as a wife. Yeah. And see, for me, it's the grocery shopping. I love to cook, mm-hmm. and especially if I can manage my time well. Mm-hmm. But you want me to go to the grocery store? Or oh, I'm stopping in Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to go to the grocery store. And we're going to get the food. Bring the family packs back, matter of fact. Because now that I don't went shopping, I don't have no energy yeah. and time to cook. You mean you want me to get the food, go there and pick it up, now, if you go to Wawa, you want me to self-check it out. Who? You want me to pay for it. You want me to get, bring it up into the house, unpack it, and then cook it. I can't do it. And right. I can't sex. do it. And then please my man. Oh, my God. My future man. You know. Yeah. Definitely can see. We need a support I think, group. <laughs> listen. <laughs> it's heavy. Oh, Lord. I want their struggle. I want to be able to relate. <laughs> because it's my dog's eating. But sometimes I'm in here like, oh, uh-huh. you're going to be hungry today. <laughs> oh, do you have cereal? One time, y'all, well, when I came back from Ghana, I literally had nothing here because you I made sure go. to exhaust mm-hmm. everything. And I was so tired. I didn't, And I was in here like, oh, the dog's going to be fine. But I'm in here struggling, you know. But I get it because we wear so many hats. Mm-hmm. And we're always trying to figure out how do I navigate this space and be the best wife. Right. Be the best mom. Be the the best therapist, right. you know, be the best whatever you are out there, you know, or even, you know, for the fellas that's listening, be the best husband, be the best best provider for my family. We struggle with doing that, but I think the beauty here is we get to define what's best, yeah, mm-hmm. what that true. looks like in our lives, and we get to define what what our family looks like. Two nights out the week, I'm a cook. Mm-hmm. One night of those weeks, we'll eat leftover, and the other nights, we'll have order takeout or, uh, you know, sandwiches, subway sandwiches, you know, something like that. So that I don't have this pressure on myself to feel like because I'm showing up in a thousand areas of my life, and this is one little area where there's some some gray, mm-hmm. I don't want to feel inadequate there. Right. So let me redefine, redefine what that looks like for me and my household. Absolutely. Because I think as long as we're eating, mm-hmm. that's good. Now, I want to I want to be able to do this, you know, and, and be a, a wife that cooks and be a mom that is active in your pro-social activities right. and your homework. But sometimes I, I feel like I be want to tell my clients, can you get your left hand and feel like your child homework so you don't be stressed? Just do it for them. Do it for them so you're not stressed at night, you know? Because we get to define that and mm. we get to knock down those giants. And I think you guys are both doing well. Your children are living. They are breathing. Y'all still married, okay? <laughs> Life is still going on. So right. those That's are definitely true. giants that we do create. So y'all... We have that giant of what our bodies look like that, one, I'm posting mine up, looking at social media girls who I'm like, damn, they fine every day. I'm finding clothes. <laughs> they have naked and they fine. You know, <laughs> you know, you got people who looking like they got money just coming from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you have moms who are looking like they're thriving as moms mm-hmm. and wives. But this is what I always tell Kelly and I always remind myself. They showing us what they want us to know. Correct. And that's true. Correct. They're showing us what they want us to see. And I know for me that some of y'all laid on the table. And I ain't hating. I just haven't laid on that table because I would like to have a belly bump one day. But soon after, I'm going on the table. 
So y'all, this is almost an abrupt ending, but anything else that you would like to share about our conversation today before we wrap up? Just no. one more giant. <laughs> okay, come on with the giant. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. okay. We need it. So one more giant that I just thought of is I have a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old, and I'm, as we know, I'm a therapist. So sometimes helping other people, kids, make me sometimes when my kids get in trouble, that's a big giant for me. It's like, mm. how am I able to help oh. other people, kids, and my kids get in one. trouble in school? Pause. And I'm going to write it down because we will bring y'all two back and some other therapists, and we will talk about the giant of being a therapist when we are not excelling. Mm. I'm always giving relationship, not advice or feedback, but helping process. Mm-hmm. We were relationship though. I love. It. I want to come back. I want good. us mm-hmm. to come back and have a. Because I have. So I'm doing as I've mentioned. Men overthink. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a kids overthink. Y'all and Kent just texted me because he's supposed to be coming over here. I told him I can't. Well, he called me. I said I can't answer right now because I'm podcasting. He said, "Oh, mention me." I said, "I already <laughs> did." He said, so Kent, I'm mentioning you again, but I'm doing a kids overthink too. I want to do an overthinking your calling because of the struggle I'm having with accepting mm-hmm. a new thing in my life. But I want to do one with counselors specifically because so often we're encountering things and I'm teaching you how to parent your bad kid and mm-hmm. my kid over here acting a fool, mm-hmm. you know. Or for me, where I bump my head there is that I don't have children and mm-hmm. you're expecting me to either work with your child or help you with developing parenting skills. And I feel like that we are sometimes gifted to do things that we don't gifted to teach people to do things that we may not even be walking in, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about it. So y'all, this was a wonderful conversation. Look, you overthinkers, you, I know y'all like Tarkisha took two more hours, of, <laughs> but these are a good two hours. I really thought because of the nerves of these ladies, the little giants that they had built up thinking that they were not going to do well or be able to have anything to offer to this conversation. I think that made me think that, oh, we'll be in and out. But all of us are talkers. All of us have really good um, relationships. And I think this was great chemistry, too, Mm -hmm. because I did not even prepare them as much as I prepared the people last week. Gave them, you know, some information. But I want you guys to... Make sure you are using the tips that we um, provided to help you fight those um, overthinking that comes from guilt, grief, and the giants in our lives. And remember, the giant is what you're creating. You do not have to subdue yourself to that. You don't have to subdue yourself to the to the opinion and the expectations of society and social media. You create your own norm. You create the, the thing that you want to live up to. And I want you to do it and always remember, I'm doing this because I'm worth best case scenario. I don't have to live in guilt. I don't have to live with grief and it be controlling my life. And I damn sure don't have to live with these giants I've created for myself. Y'all have an amazing Tuesday. Do amazing things. And I will see you guys or chat with you all soon. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Think Yourself Crazy podcast. Listen, I need you to share, rate, and review. That's right, share, rate, and review. Before I let you go, allow me to leave you with this. If you're going to overthink, think intentionally 
And as Philippians 4, 8 through 9 suggests, Summing it up all, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Remember this, you too are worth best case scenario. Chat soon.